Take a look at your baby. Fine, fine. There it is. A way station in space. A few hours cruising and we'll be there. How many times have you made this run, Doctor? A hundred or more, I should say. I fought for the idea of a space station for many years. It wasn't until that memorable day in 1957 when the first satellite was rocketed into space that I got any support. 22 years ago, July 1963, we put the first materials for a space station to orbit around the Earth. 22 years ago, the first brave men stepped out into space. 10,000 empty miles beneath them to assemble that material. Dr. Conrad, the Colonel said there were indications of serious trouble up there. What did he mean? They've made some disturbing observations from the space station. Apparently, we have some deadly neighbors in outer space. The Earth may be in mortal danger. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the future of war. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi strength flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's, it's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Cold, and you're listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Trex in Sci-Fi. This is episode 624 for Sunday, February 19th, 2017. I'm back this week with another classic science fiction movie. Today's movie is Queen of Outer Space, starring Zsa Zsa Kabor and Eric Fleming. Before I get into this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. With that said, I'm going to play the trailer to Queen of Outer Space. I'll be back after the trailer with some movie information, and then I'll get into the movie. Voyages to the outer universe are reality. Satellite space stations in operation for landing and refueling. Apparently, we have some deadly neighbors in outer space. Captain, it's heading toward us. And now 
now the story of the fantastic adventure that befalls mankind's most daring crew of space explorers. Not a sound. Not even the hum of an insect. Is this a dead planet? Landing on an unknown planet, they are captured by long-limbed beauties. When they say, take me to your leader, and they take them to a creature like this, you know they're on planet Venus. And the queen of outer space is Jaja Gabor. The most talked about woman in the world knows what she wants on Venus, too. Then we're the only men on the whole planet? Yes. Wow. You'll see the revolt that brings the planet under the domination of strangely masked females who hate and fear the male animal. Let me kill her now. You're not only a queen, you're a woman too. Let me see your face. The savage horrors of fearsome mutated beasts. <coughs> the war of the sexes, when voluptuous Venusians give battle to spacemen from Earth. The destructive might of incredible space rays that stop man from returning to Earth. Prepare for maximum acceleration. Queen of Outer Space was directed by Edward Burns. The screenplay was written by Charles Beaumont from a story by Ben Hecht. Queen of Outer Space was released September 7, 1958 and has a running time of 80 minutes. And here's the cast, starting off at the top. Jaja Kabor played Talia. Eric Fleming played Captain Neil Peterson. Dave Willick played Lieutenant Mike Cruz. Lori Mitchell played Queen Ileana. Lisa Davis played Matoya. Paul Birch played Professor Conrad. Patrick Waltz played Lieutenant Turner. Barbara Darrow played Khalil. And Marilyn Buford played Odina. And that's all the movie information I have. Now let's get into the movie. The movie starts off in the far future of 1985. Captain Peterson, Lieutenant Cruz, and Lieutenant Turner have been assigned to take Professor Conrad to Space Station A. Good morning, gentlemen. Professor Conrad, Captain Patterson, Lieutenant Cruz, Lieutenant Turner. How do you do, Professor? We're honored, sir. It's a pleasure, gentlemen. I have a mission for you, Captain. You're to ferry Professor Conrad to Space Station A. You disappointed, Captain? Mission not important enough for you? What isn't that, sir? Well, anything Professor Conrad does is important. Space Station A is his brainchild. He fought for it. He built it. It's just that um, we were hoping for a crack at the exploratory orbit around Mars. You'll get it. You and your men have earned the chance. But this mission is of the gravest importance. There are indications of serious trouble up there. Professor Conrad will tell you about it when you're underway. Until then... You're not even to discuss this with anyone. Yes, sir. Departure 1400. Your navigational data is being checked out. Good luck, gentlemen. Before they reach Space Station A, it is destroyed by an unknown beam of energy. Another beam of energy hits their ship and sends it out of control. The rocket ship crashes in the mountains of an unknown planet. 
Give me a hand here, man. Captain's been hurt. His head's cut. This must be what hit him when all that stuff was flying around the cabin. It's a small cut. It may have been concussion. Where are we? I was afraid you might ask that, Captain. Lieutenant Turner here says we're in heaven. Mr. Cruz doesn't seem to agree. I myself would vote for Alaska. Alaska? It's a bad joke, my boy. I have no idea where we are. First things first. How do you feel? Uh, I'm all right. Oh, under the headache. Captain, what hit us? The same thing that blasted the space station, I guess. It picked us up like, like a chip of wood in a flash flood. That it did. Automatic landing controls must have worked perfectly. We'd be splattered over a hundred acres. Did you get a report off the base? No, the radio's knocked out. We'll transmit and receive. Captain, are we back on Earth? Easy enough to find out. Larry, would you see if the artificial gravity is still working? Yeah, it's working. Turn it off. Point. Eight, eight, seven. Then we're not on Earth. I tell you, we're in heaven. Take a look at that speed indicator. Over 100 miles a second. We could have been going twice that fast. Or 10 times that. We could be almost anywhere. But what about Mars? Mars has polar snow caps. It also has a surface gravity of 0.38. We'd all be bouncing around like ping pong balls. Why don't we check outside? I'll break out the pressure suits. We may not need them. The gravity is so close to Earth's, the atmosphere should be breathable. Easy enough to find out. You're right. We won't need the pressure suits or the oxygen. Got a hunch, Professor? Yes. Yes, I do. It proves to be correct. We have made the most fantastic voyage in history. What is it, Doc? Where are we? Yeah, come on, Doc. Give. I want to be sure. Captain, I want to explore a bit down there below the snow line. All right. We'll all go. The air is breathable, so the four men hike down the mountain to a tropical jungle. Professor Conrad comes to the conclusion that they have crashed on Venus. No longer a hunch, Captain. I'm sure. We're on the planet Venus. What? Venus, what? Its closest Venus is 26 million miles from Earth. You don't just accidentally land on a planet 26 million miles away. That's what I would have said. But it appears all things are possible in space. We don't know how fast we were traveling or how long we were unconscious. But of one thing, I'm sure. This is Venus. Yeah, but Doc, what about all those things we learned at school? You know, the atmosphere of Venus is supposed to be unbreathable. The cloud layer is so thick that no light ever gets through. And with a surface temperature higher than the boiling point of water? Yes, I know. I subscribe to many of those theories myself. I even helped formulate some of them. But it appears I'm closer to the problem now. After a night's rest, Captain Peterson, his crew, and Professor Conrad are captured by a group of beautiful Amazon women armed with ray guns. They are brought before the mass queen of Venus, Queen Ileana. She believes the men are spies. I am Ileana, 
ruler of the city of Kadir and queen of this world. Why are you here? We're amazed that you speak our language. We shouldn't be. We have monitored your electronic ways for many years. I see. I'm Captain Patterson. This is Professor Conrad, Lieutenant Turner, Lieutenant Cruz. We came from Earth on a peaceful mission, but our ship was thrown off course and we crashed here. This is Venus, is it not? I believe that is your name for our planet. If your people will help us repair the damage to our craft, we'll leave as soon as possible. No, Captain. If we let you go, you will return and make war on us. That's not true. The people of Earth have always been aggressive and warlike. We told you our mission was a peaceful one. You betrayed yourselves, Captain. When my guards found you, your first reaction was to kill. But we thought we were being attacked. We were merely defending ourselves. I do not believe you. We know how belligerent and quarrelsome you Earthmen are. The Council will decide your fate. The Council deliberates, and the Earthmen have been found guilty and are given the death penalty. The Council has deliberated. It is our decision that you lied. We told you the truth. You came here to spy on us. To prepare for invasion. What is the plan of attack? This is utter nonsense. There's no plan of attack. Doctor, you are a man of intelligence. You must see how futile the stubbornness is. As a man of science, I assure you, Earth has never considered Venus to be inhabited. Or inhabitable. Lieutenant Turner? I haven't heard of any plans. Why don't you girls knock off all this Gestapo stuff and try to be a little friendly? You, what have you to say? Well, I'm just fine, ma'am. How's all your folks? You will die, but first you will scream for mercy when we force the truth from you. Take them away. Venusian scientist and leader of the resistance, Talia, doesn't believe the men are spies and asks them for help to overthrow Ileana. Hey, you know, it's good, but don't tell me what it is. Extend our thanks to the queen. And please ask her to grant us a further discussion. I'm afraid no amount of discussion would help. Surely we can make her understand. But the Queen doesn't wish to understand. She has nothing but hatred in her heart. Sounds downright subversive. Who are you? I'm Talia. I'm a member of the Queen's court. I came here to tell you that your lives are in great danger. Maybe I could help. Fine. We can use a little help, baby. Hold it. Queen Ilyana would kill anyone who tried to help us, wouldn't she? Yes. We can't allow you to risk your life. Why not? I'm not alone. There are many of us who are against the Queen's cruelties. We would like to see her banished. If you help us, we are going to help you. I know everything. I heard the verdict. It's dangerous for you to come here. I must take that risk, and so must you. Otherwise, the Earth is going to be destroyed. Earth destroyed? By who? Ilyana and that bunch of masked marvels of hers? Don't underestimate the Queen. Ten Earths years ago, our world became involved in war with the planet Mordo. It was a terrible war. We fought with weapons of great power, and we still were nearly defeated. Finally, Mordo was destroyed. However, the war was won at great cost. Most of our cities were destroyed, and now they are lost to the jungle. But what is this to do with Earth? We suffered greatly. And that is when we women took over. Go on. We were led by a masked woman called Ileana. 
Masked. Why? Nobody seems to know. You mean you've never seen her face? No, but she's said to be very beautiful. You said Ilyana led a revolt? She said that man caused the ruin of this world and it was time for women to take it over. She became our queen with an absolute power over life and death. It's incredible. How did she manage to overthrow the men? They didn't take her seriously. They were preparing for war. After all, she was only a woman. Well, what happened to them? To the men? They're all gone. You mean they're all dead? Not all of them. Some of them she needed. Scientists, mathematicians. She banished them to Tyrus, a small satellite that circles Venus. It became a prison colony. Then we're the only men on the whole planet? Yes. Wow. No wonder they locked us up. Ileana knows that the Earth has been making scientific progress. And she's afraid that they might attack us. That's why she wants to destroy the Earth. She must be mad. She boasts that weapons made by her scientists can destroy the Earth. The destruction of the space station. That was the work of one of those weapons? And Earth may indeed be doomed. If she could knock out the space station the way she did, bam, maybe she could wipe out the Earth. Captain Peterson is summoned to Queen Ileana's chambers, where she plans to interrogate him. He tries to appeal to Queen Ileana's feminine side. Sorry my men and I gave the wrong impression, but a strange new world, our nerves were on edge. You needn't bother to explain, Captain. I understand perfectly. I hope so. With scarcely good manners. You make your apology sound most convincing. And you'll accept it? Let us say I'll consider it. It doesn't depend on your death phrases and your undeniable charm, Captain. But as I indicated in our first meeting, your common sense. My common sense? I mean, quite frankly, Captain. If you do not give us a truthful explanation of your visit here, the council's sentence will be carried out to the letter. I assume you'll weigh the consequences. But I wonder, have you considered the alternative? The alternative? Even a queen can be lonely, Captain. I've never admitted it until now. Young. The moment I saw you, in the council chamber, I felt a weakness most unbecoming to a queen. But not unbecoming to a lovely woman. Take off your mask. No. You're certainly making it difficult. I can see you're no novice at this, Captain. Did you promise your men you'd sweep me off my feet? Use your male magnetism to win freedom for all of you? Certainly not. Whatever gave you that idea? Come, Captain. You don't really hope to deceive me. We're not fools. Your space station was an outpost for which you intended to attack us. How many times must I tell you that's not true? I've warned you, Captain. You will speak the truth or suffer the consequences. What is the plan of attack? There is no plan of attack. Let me show you what happens to those who oppose me. 
Vulcan, the Beta Disintegrator. This is what destroyed the space station. Yes, and it will destroy the Earth just as easily. But the people, the lives of those countless millions. I admit the men of Earth have been quarrelsome and foolish in the past. They mean no harm to your world. I swear it. I understand you better than you do yourself. You're denying man's love, substituting hatred and a passion for this monstrous power you possess. Monstrous? You're not only a queen, you're a woman too. And a woman needs a man's love. Let me see your face. Captain Peterson removes Queen Ileana's mask, revealing a horribly disfigured face. Her face was disfigured from radiation burns from the war between Venus and Modor. Radiation burns. Men did this to me. Men and their wars. You say I need the love of a man. Very well. Now that you know, will you give me that love, Captain? I didn't realize. You didn't realize. God! Talia and two women, Matia and Kail, help the men escape the city and head into the jungle. They hide out in a cave where Lieutenant Turner is attacked by a giant spider. They are soon surrounded by Queen Ileana's guards. Talia and the two women pretend to capture the captain and his men. They are taken to Queen Ileana's chambers where they stage a coup. Talia disguises herself as the queen, but the disguise fails. Everyone is taken into custody by Ileana's guards. I'm disappointed in you, Captain, for attempting this foolhardy escape. You should have known it would be impossible. Perhaps you would have been more disappointed if I hadn't tried. Perhaps. But you'll never get another chance, I assure you. I am going to allow myself the exquisite pleasure of watching you while I obliterate the Earth. Then you will be executed. Well done, Talia. I promised a rich reward for the capture, and you shall have it. I don't want your reward. One move and I kill you. You're all through. You've had it. Traitors. You know what this means. Freedom for our people. These women aren't alone. There are thousands like them, desperately wishing for the old order. And now they're going to have it. My subjects are grateful to me. I've kept peace. Peace is not enough. They must also be content. Women can't be happy without men. You're so right, baby. Do you want to be hated, Ilyana? I don't think you're a tyrant. I think you're just a woman who's been hurt. Hurt so badly you can never repay it. Is that understanding, Captain, or pity? Call it what you want. I'm giving you a chance to save your life. First, you'll go to that televiewer screen of yours and give orders to suspend all work on the beta disintegrator. I'll give no such orders. And you will contact the guards on Tyrus and tell them to free all the men. And if I refuse, Captain? The alternative wouldn't be a pleasant one. No, I suppose not. I've shown no mercy. I should expect none. Queen Ileana takes the captives to the Beta Disintegrator to watch the Earth be destroyed. You will be interested to hear that the weapon will be ready to fire in a few minutes. Well, Captain? No comments? I think you're out of your mind. person like you must appreciate this achievement, Professor. One touch of a tiny red button, and Earth will become a wasteland. Even the mountains will crumble into dust. It's monstrous. 
will nothing keep you from going through with this? Nothing, Professor. You disappoint me. I thought you'd be fascinated. Many would envy you this privilege, Professor. If you've got a crazy notion to blast somebody, blast us. In due time, Lieutenant. In due time. Look, over there. My electronic telescope makes every detail clear. It took untold millions of years to create the planet you call Earth. Watch it closely, Earthmen. It will be destroyed in a matter of seconds. Watch it! Queen Ileana presses the button, but the Betas disintegrator fails. Talia's people have sabotaged the machine before the Queen arrives. Queen Ileana goes inside the machine and tries to make it work. Meanwhile, outside the Beta Disintegrator, it's an all-out brawl. You got women loyal to the Queen, women loyal to Talia, fighting. The Beta Disintegrator explodes, killing Queen Ileana. Later on, Talia is now Queen of Venus, and the men are ready to return to Earth in their repaired spaceship when they get a call from planet Earth. And now the brave men who have helped us to get back our freedom and our happiness are about to depart. Their ship has been repaired and there is nothing that stands in their way to go back to their own planet. You must go. Promise me you're going to come back to me. I don't want to go to Leah. Believe me. I want to stay here with you. Larry, you said you loved me. Oh, baby, I do, I do. These past few days have been wonderful. I mean, getting to know you and all. Can't you delay your departure? It was a day or two. I'm sorry. No. Where's Larry? Where else? Larry. I gotta go. I'll be back as soon as I can. Was just being polite to the girl. Sure, sure. Come on. We have to get going. You're going to come back to me. The electronic televiewer is working. Earth answers us. Wonderful. to Captain Pedersen are not to attempt to return flight in the Starfire. I will not risk his life or the lives of his men in a patched up ship. Therefore, Captain, you and your crew will remain on the planet Venus until a relief expedition can reach you. I know you men are anxious to return home. Colonel, are you kidding? But you must bear your privations and your hardships bravely. Hardships? Oh, I will, Colonel. I will. Bravely. Yes, sir. 
It may be a year or more before we can get to you. You had your technicians working day and night. You arranged this whole thing. A year. And that's the end of the movie. Now it's time for some movie trivia. The original title for this movie was Queen of the Universe. Queen of Outer Space reused costumes, models, props, and sets from three different science fiction movies. The costume worn by the ship's crew and Mattia and other props such as the weapons and the radio belt with the retractable microphone were from Forbidden Planet. The exterior scenes of the rocket ship and the giant spider and special effects were from World Without End. The spaceship model itself was from Flight to Mars. The story was written by Ben Heck, a famous and prolific Hollywood writer of movies like Notorious, Front Page, and North to Alaska. The screenplay was written by Charles Beaumont, who along with Rod Serling was responsible for writing most of the episodes of the original Twilight Zone series. The colors of the uniforms of Queen Ileana's guards matched the basic colors of the uniforms of the original Star Trek series, red, blue, gold. Uh, Patrick Waltz, who played Lieutenant Turner, actually married Lisa Davis, who played Mattia, shortly after shooting this movie. They were married until 1972 when he died. And that's all I have for movie trivia. Here are my comments about today's movie. I watched the 2007 DVD release from Warner Brothers. It's part of their Cult Camp Classics Volume 1, which includes The Great Behemoth, The Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, and today's movie. The picture and sound quality are good. The DVD comes with a theatrical trailer and an audio commentary by film historian Tom Weaver and actress Lori Mitchell. This movie is a parody of classic science fiction serials and television shows from the 1950s. You got all the elements in it to tell this story. You've got your intrepid captain, his wisecracking crew, and an older scientist. Their spaceship crashes on a planet inhabited by beautiful women ruled by an evil queen. That's not a new story. Matter of fact, Cat Women of the Moon, Abbott and Costello Go to Mars, and Fire Maidens from Outer Space use the same story. There are three things that really stuck out in this movie for me. The first thing is Zsa Zsa Gabor. I've heard of the Gabor sisters before, Zsa Zsa, Ava, and Magda. I've never seen Zsa Zsa in anything. I remember her sister, Ava. She's from Green Acres. She was Mrs. Douglas. She was married to Eddie Albert in the TV show. This is the first and only movie I've ever seen Zsa Zsa in. And I can honestly say she's absolutely stunning. She had at least 20 years on every other woman in this movie, and she was ahead above them all. Well, after all, she was Miss Hungary 1936. The second thing about this movie that stands out to me is this movie is really, really sexist. I got a clip from the movie that'll just show you how sexist this movie is. The ray that destroyed the space station and knocked us off our course may have originated right here. Oh, come off it. How could a bunch of women invent a gizmo like that? Sure, and even if they invented it, how could they aim it? You know how women drivers are. Isn't that really bad? Um, the last thing that sticks out to me is the recycling done in this movie. This movie recycles everything. I mean, costumes, props, sets, special effects, everything has been recycled from other science fiction movies. I read somewhere not too long ago when I was doing research for this movie that if they gave it an Academy Award for reusing costumes and props, this movie would have won it. If you don't take this movie too seriously, it's fun to watch. 
If you're a fan of 1950s science fiction movies, this movie is for you. While it's a fun movie, it's not a great movie. On a scale from 1 to 10, I'll give this movie a 5 out of 10. And those are my comments about this movie. That's it for today's podcast. Before I wrap up this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico again for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to tune in today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back on the podcast next week. He'll be covering the year that was 1991. I'll end today's podcast with some music from another classic science fiction movie from 1959. It's the main title theme to The Blob. I'll be back soon with another classic science fiction movie. Until then, everyone take care. This is M5 signing off.
been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Join the forum at treksinsci-fi.com forward slash forum or write to Rico today. TrekSF at gmail.com Until next time, live long and prosper. Treks in Sci-Fi.